First Baptist Athens offers this podcast of devotions for Lent. Today's devotion is offered by Jennifer Baxley. It is based on the story of Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, recorded in Matthew 26, 36-46. The scripture is read from the voice translation. The devotion begins with music provided by Sarah Delbane, playing What Wondrous Love Is This Arranged for Flute. Lay aside everything else for the next few minutes. Allow the music to settle your soul, making space to listen for God. At that, Jesus led his disciples to the place called Gethsemane. I'm going over there to pray. You sit here while I'm at prayer. Then he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee with him, and he grew sorrowful and deeply distressed. My soul is overwhelmed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He walked a little farther and finally fell prostrate and prayed. Father, this is the last thing I want. If there is any way, please take this bitter cup from me. Not my will, but yours be done. When he came back to the disciples, he saw that they were asleep. Peter awoke a little less confident and slightly chagrined. So you couldn't keep watch with me for just one short hour? Now maybe you're learning. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Watch and pray and take care that you are not pulled down during a time of testing. With that, Jesus returned to his secluded spot to pray again. Father, if there is no other way... For this cup to pass without my drinking it, then not my will, but yours be done. Again, Jesus returned to his disciples and found them asleep. Their eyes were heavy-lidded. 
So Jesus left them again and returned to prayer, praying the same sentiments with the same words. Again, he returned to his disciples. Well, you are still sleeping. Are you getting a good long rest? Now the time has come. The Son of Man is just about to be given over to the betrayers and the sinners. Get up. We have to be going. Look, here comes the one who's going to betray me. As we study this agonizing Gethsemane text in detail, and as I watch Jesus struggle, a visual image keeps appearing in my mind. It is a picture of a pendulum steadily shifting from right to left and left to right. For me, that pendulum represents the struggle between Jesus' humanity and divinity, both of which are on full display in Matthew 26. He wants his disciples further away, then he wants them close. He is grieved and agitated, then he is prostrate and persistent in prayer. He initially tells his disciples to sit, then he's angry with them for sleeping. He desires isolation, then he is desperate for presence. And perhaps most importantly, he is begging for all of the suffering to be taken away. Then he shifts to, thy will be done. For most of the text, the pendulum seems to be swinging heavily in the favor of humanity, perhaps more of Jesus' humanity than we are exposed to anywhere else in Scripture. And this is both the comfort and the agony of the text, right? This Jesus, our Jesus, understands the pain of our human condition, but this Jesus, our Jesus, the Messiah, is not saved from it. Though I fully recognize that Jesus is the only human who has ever experienced divinity, we do go through life, I think, with a pendulum swing of our own. I have a minister friend who can wax eloquent for hours on whether we are human beings on a spiritual journey or whether we are innately spiritual beings who happen to be on a human journey. She loves to dive into the Gospel of John and try to find the deepest answers to these pressing questions. But for me, the pendulum swings, the struggle between the human and the spiritual, most often happens, not unlike Jesus in this passage, in the discipline of prayer. I don't think, or at least I hope, I'm not alone in saying that prayer is a complicated part of the walk of faith. And if I'm being completely honest, it is personally an ongoing struggle. Not unlike most folks who have experienced some significant loss relatively early in life, my prayer life changed dramatically after a season of deep grief. In fact, I lost my language of prayer for a very long time, and I'm not sure I have ever fully regained it or at least I have never regained it in quite the same way. That isn't all bad, though, because I suspect that my prayer life up to that point was a whole lot of asking, followed by a little bit of thankfulness. When those desperate prayers of my young adult life were not answered in the ways that I pleaded with God for them to be answered, prayer began to feel, at the very least, distant and unfulfilling, and admittedly, sometimes even futile. Maybe you have seasons that you have felt this way too. For me, I began looking for other ways to pray. It wasn't that I wanted to avoid communing with God or that I somehow thought he wasn't really there. I had certainly felt him there. Nor did I believe that God had caused my loss. 
I just wasn't sure I knew how to talk to him anymore. Thus, the journey of a new prayer life began. Journaling, devotional writing, learning how to use breath for prayer, and repeated mantras like the Jesus prayer became stops along the way. All of these ways of praying have been healthy and productive for me, but recently I have come to wonder if I sometimes only use these ways to pray because I would rather pursue God than give God the chance to pursue me. Perhaps I am running from the conversation. In participating in the Centering Prayer class that Matt has offered during Lent, I've come face to face with the fact that I am intimidated by silence. It has further confirmed my fear that if I allow God to speak, I might not like what he says. I might be as devastated as I was all those years ago. I might be called to do something I've been avoiding. I might be asked to drink from a cup that I would rather push away. In other words, our struggle is Jesus' struggle. We may know how we would like for God to work in our lives, but ultimately, our heart's desires have to be followed by those words that Jesus speaks in Gethsemane. Thy will be done. Thy will be done is where the pendulum shifts back to divinity for Jesus, that place where he and God are of one mind. And thy will be done is also the place where we allow our spirituality to override our own humanity. Perhaps some 20 years later, I am finally coming to recognize that thy will be done is not a way of conceding defeat, not a solid wall that stands between what I want and what God wants. No, perhaps thy will be done is that place where we recognize that no matter what happens, God is there with us and for us, working for good in all things. And we are not alone. After all, Jesus has been there too. Please pray with me. Holy God, thank you for a son and a savior who not only shares our deepest griefs and pains, but models for us how to face them. Teach us to be earnest in prayer, open to trust, and willing to surrender to you. Amen. Amen.